You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Rachel. Thanks for joining us on this episode. You know, when we think about social media, we might be thinking mainly about how we're using social media, but how teens are using social media is a whole other thing. It is a whole other thing that is a little bit scary to me and I also know nothing about. Yeah, so when I think about my kids are getting to the age where they're going to get on social media at some point in the future, they're not yet, it is terrifying for me to think about what's that world going to look like for them? How do I as a parent manage that and disciple them well throughout that whole season? I agree. So we had John Coffey sit down with Kate Mendoza and Daniel Palacios, and they talked um, to John about what it looks like for kids on social media. They're both in our student ministry, and so they're really active in this world. And they talked about the scariness of it, but also the good that comes from it and how kids are learning how to use it uh, for the good of their community and also for the kingdom of God. It was a really great conversation. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's listen in. Well, welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm John Coffey, and I'm joined today by Kate Mendoza and Daniel Palacios. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. us. Yeah, of course. Um, Well, we're in the middle of the Faith and Technology series, and we're addressing some big, really great questions in our services, but we can't hit everything in that amount of time. So we wanted to bring in the two of you to dive in a little bit into the world of teens and social media from your more close-up vantage point. And I think we all know that students are you know, firmly entrenched in the social media realm. But what does that really look like for teenagers today? What are the implications and is it all bad? Yeah, and I, th- I think those are really good questions to ask. And you think about <clears throat> the amount of time that teens spend on their, f- on their phone on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And really, so I was actually thinking about um, just the way that social media has shifted even since I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. And uh, so teenagers are definitely engulfed in just the on, an online um, in an online virtual world, and I mean some of the some of the top apps that they uh, that they usually interact with are things like TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, they spend a lot of time on there. So it those are great questions to ask as we try to figure out what are the wisest ways that teenagers can navigate those online platforms. Yeah, so for sure. So uh, just diving right in here. Um, how often do you guys hear from parents about social media and what kind of questions are they asking you? Yeah, so that is actually a question that we do get pretty frequently from parents. Um, so from sixth graders, usually the questions tend to be a little bit more of, should my teen, should my preteen going into being a teenager, should they even have social media? Mm. Um, and if they should have social media, when should they have it? And then we actually do have some students also in our student ministry who would be considered influencers who, I mean, who are legitimately getting offers from people making money on some of the posts that they, so I have, I have parents asking, how should, how should I help them navigate those opportunities? Right. So, uh, anything from, should my teenager have, have social media? When, when should they get it? What are, what are the wisest ways that they can navigate their social media presence? Kind of mm-hmm. the limits on that. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, so we kind of touched on it at the, at the, at the very beginning there, Daniel, you said, but 
how is social media different today than it was when we were teens? And I know our ages vary a little bit here, but um, how are how are teens using it now versus you know before a little earlier on in social media? Yeah, I know for myself, I only followed people or like was friends with people that I knew. And now it's like you follow celebrities and you follow these influencers and like you're told what to buy. Like everywhere there's ads, there's people and it's just different. It's just different. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I think about um, what Instagram was when I was a teenager. That was an app that uh, started getting popular when I was a teenager. And, I mean, Facebook, Instagram was just sort of the way that you just kind of kept up with people. Right. Right. It was all about just sharing kind of what you're doing Mm -hmm. in your everyday life. Um, And that has really shifted, like Kate said, uh, social media platforms have become not just a way that you keep up with people, but for students, they're like legitimized communities Mm -hmm. where they find community. So not only on social media platforms of Instagram, Snapchat, and that's the way way that they communicate, but even you think about, I mean, some students uh, spend a lot of time with online gaming. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I literally talk to students all the time that have been friends with people on an online community for years have been gaming with these people. They've never met in person, but they, so when they, when they think about what are the communities that they belong to online platforms have just become a more legitimized um, community that students spend time on. It's not just a way to keep up with people, you know, it's how you meet people. You build relationships in those platforms. Yeah. And, and I feel like that has been a little bit taboo in years past of like, being friends with somebody that you've never actually met, you know, there's a lot of questions that come with that, especially for uh, parents and and people in older generations, just because that's not something that they've done. Yeah. Yeah. And really the dangers that can come with some of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, like we'll talk about some today is there's a lot of redeemable parts about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think the biggest change has just been that it's become a legitimized community. Mm -hmm. It's used for way more things than just keeping up with friends. Like Kate said, there's the idea of influencers, which Mm is uh, you're told what to buy, when to buy. They, you know, they find information on these online platforms. Um, So it's definitely has shifted throughout the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's touch on that a little more. Um, The, we, we hear a lot about influencers. We hear that word thrown a lot thrown around a lot, but what is an influencer for somebody who might not know and is, is being an influencer something that teens are like, is that something teens are trying to do? They're going after that? Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, like Daniel said, we've got some students in our ministry that are technically influencers. I mean, you think of, um, the influencers that are out there, they're making like 30000 to like $250,000 a year on average. I mean, there's like extreme cases, but like you make tons of money. It seems easy because you're like, oh, I'm just posting on social media. I'm just Mm -hmm. getting likes and follows and all these things. Um, But it's like actual careers for people and it's really appealing because it seems easy. You make good cash and yeah, Yeah. that's a great It's on your phone. Yeah. And influence, like the idea of an influencer has kind of become a very interesting, I guess you'd call phenomenon over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Because when you started first hearing about these influence figures, whether they, you know, I think this kind of started around the Vine slash YouTube. Right. Um, and 
it was it was kind of one of those things that I think even parents here today might think, well, that's not a viable or legit career mm-hmm. choice, right? Yeah, um, or a stable career choice. Uh, but even just the way that that has played out, I mean, people are making a lot of money being in on social media influencer. So I mm-hmm. think about, and even just how that happens too has been really interesting. So I think about someone like Charlie D'Amelio, who is a, uh, actually she has the most followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she was just a random teenager who happened to get on TikTok during its early stages. Yeah. And just the way that the TikTok algorithm works, it's very interesting, which is how actually two of our students got a lot of following. Just the way that that algorithm works is that it pushes your content just randomly. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. there is a pretty high percentage, a lot more than Instagram, right, um, that your content will go viral, which means you'll get a lot of likes, you'll get a lot of views, and, and in turn you get a lot of followers. So she mm-hmm. went from just being a normal teenager to having, let's see, I have right here, she has 101 followers uh, 100 and not 100 followers, sorry. <laughs> that, that's say, not that very many. I like have a more lot. than that. Yeah. She's a big influencer. <laughs> right. 101 million followers. 101 on million. million followers. Wow. Most of her posts are just dancing, right? Yeah. And wow. I, it's funny, you'll go to like the grocery store, Target, and like these like sparse aisles. Kids will like have their phones sitting up and they'll be like doing these dances. Yeah. Wow. And she, I mean, she makes a lot of money. She's a 16. I think she's 16 now, 16, 17-year-old that's making a lot of money just yeah. from the fact that she, the algorithm pu- pushed her content. Right. I mean, and then you have Kylie Jenner who has 101, 181 million uh, followers on Instagram. And th- this is crazy. She can make up to $986,000 just from one post. Dang. Wow. From like a sponsored post. So you, you get the appeal there if, yeah. if people are wanting to go after it. It's almost like winning the lotto. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and if you're already on the the platform then mm-hmm. like it doesn't Why not? seem hard yeah. yeah right yeah so i think that brings another good question with it that's that's really um you know we know influencers influencers are trying to sell something typically mm-hmm. uh, a product or they're pushing for for people to take part in something but how do you think that their presence and the fact that they have so many followers is affecting students views and beliefs on other things maybe not on a product but maybe just the way they see the world yeah something like that how influential would you say that is for for teens yeah i think when an influencer or celebrity is held to a high esteem like anything they say is taken yeah. for value yeah. and so mm-hmm. i think they're often believed and and yeah. they get yeah. people standing behind them i mean the amount of followers legitimizes what you have to say mm-hmm. it gives mm-hmm. uh it gives credibility mm-hmm. to the messages that you're putting out. Um, so I think influencers, I mean, they do exactly, I think, what the title suggests is they, I mean, they do influence culture, Gen Z culture, and kind of where, uh, it's interesting, anything from fads, right? Uh-huh. Sometimes I think some of the um, some of the TikTok dances, for example, mm-hmm. I mean, they go viral, and everyone you see, all of our students doing the same thing, and it's because an influencer decided to come up with a TikTok dance. But then that also just plays into things like values, political beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there was, a, there was an article that came out a couple weeks ago on, it was, it was uh, particularly talking about LGBTQ issues yeah. and um, just the rise of, of 
how LGBTQ issues are being not only just discussed a lot more, but accepted in culture a lot more as well. And some of the sociologists that, that kind of um, help write this article, the way that they described it is they described it a, they called it a so, social contagion, which basically just means that part of the reason why there are things that are being embraced a lot more now that haven't been over the past few years is because a lot more people are talking about it and there's a lot more connection. You, you have a lot more people speaking information into your life, which makes things more acceptable, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they're shaping beliefs, mm -hmm. values, political um, conversations. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of credibility, I think, in students. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's a, a good thing, but then I also think there's a negative side of it where I, I always tell my, I'm an eighth grade girls leader at East 96 and I always tell my girls like whatever you see on social media like you need to to fact check it you need to follow it up and not just take everyone's word for what they're posting because it, it could be skewed mm -hmm. as a former journalism student I really appreciate that because there's a lot of that that goes on um, well but. and it, it's actually a thing with the algorithm that like what you follow and what you engage with social media will push that kind of content back to you. Mm. And so if you are, say, Republican, like, it's going to push Republican views and, yeah. and beliefs towards you. It's like you. an echo chamber. Right, yeah. Yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's crazy. Um, as you brought up a little bit, like, kind of that negative side, and I think one of the things we see or that we hear about um, with teens and social media is a lot of the anxiety and stress and... Um, I mean, you hear depression thrown mm -hmm. out quite a bit. Um, how much of that is linked to what they're seeing or interacting with on social media, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that it's, uh, it affects students the same, if not more, than it's affected adults. Right. Right. And, I mean, we have seen and heard about the studies of how social media, um, using social media, social media platforms has kind of given people anxiety um, for different reasons. Um, <clears throat> but so something that Yancey shared in this series in his sermon through this technology series is he said that the average person spends about four hours a day on their phone. Mm -hmm. In fact, Kate, I think you mentioned that, um, students that bumps up to 7.2 hours. Wow. Yeah. On day. average. Yeah. And I mean, and what and that's that, not including school or like work related yeah, screen time. That's just <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. And I, I would even say. I mean, it's probably more for stump students. Yeah, and, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and so something interesting, when you talk to students about social media and how that has kind of tied into stress and anxiety, I mean, one, I, th I think the first thing that it's done is that it sh has shortened their attention span. So that, mm -hmm. something Yancey talked about, high schoolers' attention span is a total of three minutes. And literally, crazy. I have asked students, I asked some of our students at Egret Bay, do you agree with that? And they're like, oh, Totally. Wow. Everything's so, instantaneous right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, in fact, they said, we don't really watch YouTube videos anymore because we can't watch a video that long. But I think the other thing that was really interesting that um, is true of adults, but definitely true of students is we go to social media at times to deal with anxiety, I think, to kind of numb, mm -hmm. um, get entertained. And something Yancey shared was, is, but it's ironic that being on social media kind of keeps us in this consistent low-grade anxiety, mm -hmm. yeah. right? We go to it to, to kind of soothe our anxiety, but it keeps us on this low-grade anxiety. And I, that is, has been definitely true of students. And um, we have a girl at East 96 who a while back shared with me that she actually wrote a paper at school about 
how social media has affected teenager mental health. So they're aware wow. of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So we, we shot a, a video recently where we were asking people about their use of uh, their phone and specifically social media. And uh, one student told us her favorite social media platform was Instagram. And then right after that, she said that Instagram was a big source of stress and anxiety in her life. And it just, it's just struck me kind of funny because it's like, mm-hmm. it's such a paradox, you know, um, that you can love something so much, but that it also has this effect on you. Um, so you, do you guys see that type of paradox a lot with students? And what do you, I mean, what's that conversation like? Yeah, I think, I think that's actually pretty common. Um, I mean, I would say for myself, Instagram is one of my favorites and mm-hmm. uh, it also causes the most comparison. You know, you scroll and you see pictures and, and of what you're doing or what you're not doing and um, what other people are doing. And so it just, it causes you to compare. And I think that produces anxiety or um, frustrations for people. Um, I know mm-hmm. I've had conversations with students before and they're like, if I, uh, if I post something and it doesn't have X amount of likes or comments in 15 minutes, I'll delete it. Or um, wow. like it just, they they value what they're getting back yeah. on their posts. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an awareness there mm-hmm. with a lot of students that like, maybe all of this isn't great, you know? And, and like, you know, kids are writing papers about it. And so like, they, there's a, there's a knowledge there that, that maybe social media is not great. And so we, you know, social dilemma comes out and different stuff like that. And there's all these articles that come out about mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, be careful with social media basically. And I think in the adult community, for sure, there's a lot of people thinking that way right now and that, hey, maybe we need to reconsider how we use this and how much we use it and what we, what the expectation is with it. But do you think that's true with students? Do you think they're um, beyond just being aware that there's kind of a dark side to social media? Do you think they're thinking maybe we need to do something about that? Maybe we need to change something. I think it's another paradox. I think uh, Barna Group, they're a research group that kind of takes culture and faith um, together. They found like majority, like 60% of students know that they spend too much time on their phones. Hmm. But also social media is like the main source of communication. Like they're not texting and FaceTiming as much anymore. It's communication through social media, whether that's Instagram Messenger or Snapchat, like that's where their friends are. And so they're not so going to get off. it's hard to just walk away. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in fact, there was another um, another research done that would say that 45% of students would actually say that social media is neutral. And I would say that's that's a larger percentage of of the percentage of adults who would say that social media right, yeah. is neutral. So I, w- I, w- I think that the, the more of a dominant role technology has on their life, they're becoming more aware of the fact that it's not just neutral, right? They they have either a positive view or a negative view of social media. Um, But they are asking the questions because I have, we do have students that are coming to us and asking, how can I leverage my social media in a way that's more helpful and that is healthier? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think they're looking to get rid of social media Mm -hmm. as much as they're wanting to leverage it in a Mm -hmm. much healthier and uh, helpful way. Yeah. That's cool. I think it's just different because for adults, who went years without social media and now have it. It's kind of like this like optional thing that's maybe fun to scroll through, cool to give life updates, see family that live out of state, whatever. Mm -hmm. But for these teens, 
like this is all they've known. They've only ever known screens. And so yeah. like that's just what it is. It's not optional. Yeah, almost. Yeah. I mean, it, I know this is a podcast so people can't see us, but they I've seen videos before where uh, they'll ask like adults, like how do you pick up a phone? And they kind of do like the banana phone to your ear. And right. then they'll ask like students or, or teens, like how do you hold a phone? And they act like they're holding an iPhone to their ear. It's yeah. just, I mean, it's different. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's a subtle difference too, because, mm-hmm. you know, you might not think anything of that, but that, it, I mean, it, it represents a shift that is For taking sure. place. And so, you know, kids are, our students, young adults are on this and it's just a way of life for them yeah. for, for a lot of them. I mean, I know there's kids that aren't on it, but yep. so do you think the, the fact that teens are so plugged in, um, to social media, do you think that's necessarily a bad thing? I think that's kind of the, the, yeah. what we hear a lot, you know, is it, it's always painted in that light, but do you think it's necessarily a bad thing? I think that's hard. I think it depends on like the purpose behind them being on there, mm-hmm. uh, how much time they're putting into it, uh, the content that they're consuming. I mean, we've heard the horrors of what can be found on social media, but also think of the, the community groups that they build. And, um, I mean, they, they're, the top three reasons people go on social media is, or teens is to connect with the world, to connect with others, and to stay informed. And so mm. those seem like good things, but yeah. I think it's the the clutter that can make it bad. Mm-hmm. And we see other things on there too, like, you know, there are good interactions that they mm-hmm. have. They meet new people, all that kind of stuff, but there are also bad interactions yeah. and there's, you know, the, the cyber bullying stuff that yeah. can take place For and all sure. that kind of thing. And that so. happens pretty often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, do you guys deal with that from from a student's perspective of of leading students? Yeah, I've actually talked to a couple of students who have um, actually part of the reason why they struggle with mental health is because uh, they're they do receive some attacks on social media that um, that kind of feed into their depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. especially the students that have a larger following. Yeah, yeah. So. I see. I would say that's the biggest downfall with being an influencer or like right. having a large following is is that pushback. Right. Well, and it's it's interesting because it's it's really similar stuff that takes place in a school setting a mm-hmm. lot. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but growing up in high school in public schools, like you see that a lot, you experience it a lot, um, just because you know students are the way they are, and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and they say things that are hurtful sometimes, and. Uh, I just think uh, on social media, it's it's the same thing that's happening, but it's it's done in such a more public way. Yeah. It's not in a hallway with five other kids. It's on a screen, and there's thousands of people that have access to it. I think it's more public, but I also think it's the comments are meaner. Yeah, I was going to say it's amplified because it it's, it's not <laughs> right. face to face. It, yeah. You're you're not going to potentially get punched or or like I don't know. See the the implications of it face to face. Yeah you can just sit at home and type away and send and feel no remorse. Yeah, and there's no consequence, really. Yeah, yeah you have no idea what that person on the other side is feeling or, or doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. So I guess the one of the things I'm curious to know is just how are you guys helping to you know coach and counsel students through their relationship with social media? I mean, we've talked about the, all the mental health stuff and all that, but like, how are you, when you sit down with a student, like what kind of things are you telling them? How are you directing them? Yeah. Well, 
my mind primarily I think goes to our teaching series. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it happens indirectly. And what I mean by that is we haven't specifically taught on social media and technology, right. um, but we've hit on it within other series, right? So, I mean, something very similar sentiment to what uh, Yancey used in our series, right? The Luke 10. So what are the, asking the questions? What are the interruptions in your life? What are those interruptions doing Mm-hmm. in uh, how are they forming you? How are they, uh, what are they doing to your walk with Christ? Are there lesser things that are distracting you from your walk with Christ? Um, but I think a more direct approach, I've actually talked to leaders who um, somehow they got into conversations about social media and how, I mean, we've talked about mental health. We've talked about depression mm-hmm. and those conversations always come up that their phones contribute to that. So right. I've had leaders who have said, Hey, let's take out our phones and let's see how much screen time we have mm-hmm. on our phones. And when they look at it, they're like, Oh wow. Like this is a lot of screen time. So right. uh, it's happened that way. But I think so recently a way that we, that we have kind of indirectly approached that is, um, We've been doing a lot of, I guess you could say, hot topic series. Yeah, we've primarily have talked about how do we, how do we love and engage those that we disagree with, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that is a major aspect of social media, not just in the student world, but even in the adult world. Oh yeah, for sure. Is it's just become a battleground. So we've we've talked through how do we love serve with those that we disagree with, um, particularly about political. Because Gen Z is highly, highly involved in political conversation. Mm -hmm. So we've, um, so we've talked about how to do that, not just relationally with physically with people, but even just on social media platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. So, I mean, you touched on a little bit, but how, how much does social media impact what you guys are teaching on how you're teaching it? Um, and how much time would you guys say you're devoting to that? Like how much time do you spend talking about that in your uh, messages or even what you're, what you're doing on social media, how much time do you spend kind of addressing that? Yeah. So again, I think because teenagers are students are becoming more aware of their usage of Mm -hmm. social media, how much they use social media. um, Those conversations come up organically all the time in small group. Yeah. Um, but something that, that in student ministry that we've become more and more aware of is students are spending most of their time on their phones. Yeah. So it, it, it has caused us to kind of take a step back several times and get creative in going to where students are, mm-hmm. right? Which is why our social media platforms have taken more of a missional bent to them mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. times, right? We want to reach Gen Zers, where Gen Zers are, and that is on their phones. Mm-hmm. It's taken us also um, to get creative with how we put out content. So most of student ministry content will be virtual or online. So I mean, yeah. we have a YouTube page where we're consistently pushing th- uh, things like Theology Thursdays or mm-hmm. just interactive videos. Right. Um, so it's 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 caused us to get creative with how we teach students what what are the ways that we edit our videos also. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've gotten to get creative yeah. with how to get in front are. of them mm-hmm. and then how to keep their attention. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think one of my favorite things with Instagram um, is just kind of we've shifted from promotional information um, to being really missional with our content, you know, reminding them what's happened on Sunday mornings and um, what 
has been preached in uh, what's happened on our Wednesday and Sunday messages, just giving them like notes graphics or um, stuff that they can maybe share with their friends. And then also my, my all-time favorite thing that we have done on social media, on the story, you can do like a slide bar. Um, and so I'll, I'll throw up a question of like, how's your day been? And anybody that like slides it really low, um, we'll reach out to. So I'll, I'll message all the girls and I'll let Daniel message the guys and just say, hey, this is Kate Mendoza. I'm a student associate. Um, sorry, you had a bad day. Like, can I pray for some pray about something for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the response has been positive every single time. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's really cool. cool to like, social media is not just a thing. It's, it's a platform. It's a community. Um, and it's a yeah. place to reach students. Well, and mm-hmm. part of that has also been that there's been research that has come out um, that has shown that students will not engage or follow an account that they don't know personally. At least it's uh, rare. Okay. They won't engage with an account if they don't know the person uh, personally. So uh, mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why we tried to also give some personal, mm-hmm. um, I guess, a personal aspect to our Instagram page as well to help yeah. engage students, reach students. And, I mean, we have students that have come to small groups just because they happen to have or to follow our social media account. So yeah. it's definitely a missional, um, yeah, that's, that's really missional awesome. avenue for us. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about parents at the top, you know, the questions they're asking you and the reaching out to you guys. But for any parents that are out there listening right now and they're, you know, their, their kids are on social media, if they have uh, teenagers or, you know, preteens or just kids that they know someday are going to deal with this, um, what would what advice would you give them that's just like how they can disciple their teen in relation to their use and consumption of social media? Yeah. So, I, I mean, like we have talked about just now and even through the series, it doesn't take much to look into some of this social media um, platforms and the effects that it's had on us mm-hmm. to realize there's a lot of dangers and pitfalls to being part of and participating in social media platforms mm-hmm. and the effects that it has had in, in students. So I think that for parents, um, a wise way to approach uh, social media is kind of like teaching your student to drive a car, hmm. right? That there is some training that has to go um, with onboarding them to use social media, right? So there was actually, uh, this is from a guy named Karen Newhoff who, posted a an article and so he, he first thing he said just being informed right uh often i think you know we think parents teach students how to drive but when it comes to social media it's almost like the students in the driver's seat and students are teaching parents mm-hmm. how to drive that car <laughs> right right so how do we get parents behind the wheel again um so he kind of takes three steps the first thing is he kind of takes the learner's permit stage which just means just simply when you give them a phone, when you feel like they're ready for a phone, just teaching them, doesn't even have to do with social media, teaching them, hey, this is what a phone is for, mm-hmm. right? These are some of the responsibilities that come with having a phone. Um, you know, I'm giving you a phone now so that you can call me if something happens. So it's just kind of the learner's permit mm-hmm. introduction to just responsibility of having a phone. Then come to driving school, which that's when you begin, if you decide you're going to allow your student to have a social media platform. This is when you begin to kind of build some of those values of how to navigate those social media platforms. Well, it might mean, Hey, just letting them have an Instagram account, but you monitor, you know, helping them think through what are the things that you post? What are the things that you don't post? Mm -hmm. Who are the people that you follow? Who are the people that you don't follow? Um, and you know, is 
what are the conversations that you're engaging with on social media? Is this something you're going to regret a year from now, two years from now? So kind of the, dr- the, the driving school stage is just teaching them the, res- the rules of having a social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest, and then obviously then getting to a point where they are able to in themselves discern how to navigate social media mm-hmm. on their own. Um, but I would say it's a process, not just throwing them behind the wheel yeah. because there are a lot of dangers to using social media oh, yeah. like we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say the biggest thing is even if you don't feel like you're not tech savvy, being informed in what social media platforms are being used for, what are the dangers mm-hmm. and pitfalls. Um, and there's nothing wrong with monitoring some of those things in yeah. the life of your students. Yeah. You know? I love that. That's so good. One of the things I think is always really interesting about student ministry, and I got the the privilege, I would say, of being a, a student navigator for a few years, and uh, going to camp is also a really, or is always a really exciting thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think students love camp. Hopefully we get to do camp this year, right? Yeah. Um, but one of the cool things about it is that you guys, a lot of times, take their phones away. Uh-huh. And so... I don't know. I'm just curious, like I've seen it firsthand and I think it's really awesome, but I'm just curious to hear your perspective on it and why do you do that and what do you see as a result of it? Um, I think, I mean, we do it to help them engage into the week of, of worship that we're having, you know, really help them grow with each other. Uh, it's always funny, you know, we'll, we'll give it, give them a little bit on the bus ride to have their phones. And, and then we pull out the Ziploc bags and the Sharpie markers for them to bag up their phones and write their name. And they grumble and they're mad and, uh, they're like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to live without my phone, blah, blah. And like, you know, you're hours into it and they haven't even thought about their phones. They don't ask about them. Um, you know, and I've even had my girls before be like, I'm, I'm going to spend less time on my phone. So I don't even want it back. And so it's just, it's, it's really cool to see them be completely disengaged with it and be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a sense of fresh air for them. Yeah. That they, mm-hmm. they didn't know they needed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. It is interesting what I've seen from leading guys groups and stuff. It's like that first when you first get there and there's like that first night when they would probably be on their phone Mm -hmm. or something before they're going to bed or whatever. It's like you can kind of sense that there's this thing that's like missing. Uh And then as the week or four days or whatever it is progresses, it's like you see them just start to interact and have real conversations mm-hmm. together and all that stuff. And it's just, it's really cool to watch. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that like, hey, we need to get rid of phones altogether. Right. But yeah. it's fun to see just like this, what this little break can do. And like you said, mm-hmm. it, it, Daniel, it really does. It just seems like a breath of fresh air for people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's helpful for the leaders, honestly, too, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to get to in, interact, interact with, with kids. Look them eye to eye and mm-hmm. and be able to really talk to them and get to know them and stuff. I, Super I think cool. they enjoy it as much as they do this generation. They they want authenticity, and mm-hmm. so you know you're not hiding behind a screen anymore, and you're you're enjoying real conversations. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I think authenticity is something I hear thrown around a lot, mm-hmm. um, or or another way I hear it being said is uh, being real, yeah. yeah, or being honest or whatever. Um, and so I think, you know, that leads into this question of like, we've talked a- about some of the some of the bad things, some of the scary things about social media. And I, I think a lot of parents, you know, that's what they're thinking about is the the scary stuff, the, the ways that this can harm my child or lead them in a direction I don't want them to go. But on the flip side of that, there are some really good things. Yeah. And so... I mean, what are, what are some of that, 
what are some of those things that you guys see? What are the good qualities of social media that you see in students as they're using this and engaging with it? Yeah, um, I think I've seen students really just like find their voice. Um, Mm -hmm. Like they're learning that they're able to speak out about things that they really care about. Um, And they're empowering others to do the same thing. They're... Mm -hmm. And that's the thing we talked about earlier about bullying. And I I think it is a thing on social media, but I also think culture is shifting to empowering others um, and like trying to lift each other up and um, just to to love instead of hate all the time, which I think Mm -hmm. is cool. Yeah. And we often, we have said this often actually to our students is that social media for them, right? I mean, you literally see uh, younger kids now just it's like they naturally know how to use a phone yeah you oh know my gosh, yeah. even uh, like babies it feels right? like it's like they're teaching you they how, know to how to clear your, your notifications <laughs> right uh, <laughs> and so i say that to say that gen zers even more so than millennials are just growing up in this world that is engulfed in technology and social media platforms and all these things it was just like a you know just an instinct for them mm-hmm. um and because that's true we often tell them that social media for them and the way that they have, I guess you could say, reformed social media and how mm-hmm. they're using it, it's a tool for them to use. Skill set mm-hmm. for yeah, sure. Yeah, not just yeah. in, um, not just some of the things that Kate talked about, but also, you know, some of the some of the conversations that they're a part of, the connections that they have with people all over the world, and the way that they're able to kind of leverage those things in ways mm-hmm. that I mean, even millennials. I think took us a long time to learn how to do those things. So yeah. it's a huge tool for, for Gen Zers to have social media and to use it the way that they are on a yeah. missional sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's a great segue into, into what I want to talk about next, which is just knowing that students have this, this kind of knowledge, this skill set of being able to use this to kind of wield this weapon as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and the influence that a lot of them have on there. Um, how do you see this? What, what kind of impact do you see this having for the gospel, for the kingdom of, of, you know, you mobilize this force of students who are so adept at using this yeah. tool. I mean, what kind of impact could that have? You know, some of the Gen Z, we also always tell them is they all, when, when they try to answer the question, what is the purpose for my life? They always have big answers for those questions, mm. right? They, Gen Zers, more than any other generation, cares deeply about social needs, social mm-hmm. justice. They mm-hmm. want to, they're part of movements that will progressively bring justice to the marginalized, whether, you know, whatever that is from, you know, the conversation on racism to abortion, right? They care deeply about social needs, mm-hmm. Um and social media has been a huge vehicle for them to push some of those movements. And, I mean, some of those movements, we would say for a followers of Jesus, that those align with God's heart with what his kingdom looks like. So, mm-hmm. um, man, when the gospel grabs a hold of this generation, I believe that Gen Z is going to be a gift to the church, mm. right? Not They will be able to leverage the, the social media to not just spread the gospel, but be part of man, just movements that I think will will bring gospel change to um, to our communities, to our world. I think they they will be a gift to the church. And even just when we think about the future of the church and where it's going, man, mm-hmm. there is a, a a big aspect of just the digital world becoming mm-hmm. more prominent. And I think yeah. Gen Zers will 
will be able to help navigate those spaces, you know, just with what they know how to, how to do. Yeah. And in, and in ways that we haven't been yeah, able to do so far. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no limit on social media. Like your go there for is not limited to the people on your street anymore. I mean, yeah. you can literally go to other countries through your phone. Um, and I mean, I just think, you know, they, they want to be informed. And I think they want to help inform um, and help share the real truths yeah. um, of the gospel. Yeah. And not just in, I guess, I guess you could say informational or gospel specific content. I think just the creativity. Like when you think about the way that they, all the work that goes into making what you call a reel or a mm-hmm. TikTok, mm-hmm. holy moly, it takes a lot of work. And Some serious skill involved. Yeah. yeah. And um, I have seen some students use those platforms to either, I don't know, do like 15 second, I don't, I don't know, you would call it Bible study, but yeah. kind of word, you know, sharing scripture to their followers and just the creativity that goes into those videos is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. they're, they're creative um, and I mean, they're able to, to use those platforms in ways that even I, I don't know how to do. So yeah. How and cool. it's easy. Like if they don't know how to put it into words, but they have another account that did it well, they just share. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, this was a cool conversation just for me to get to listen to, but uh, I think it'll be helpful for people um, out there who have questions about this kind of stuff. And so if you're one of those people listening, thank you so much for checking out the Clear Creek Resources podcast. I hope this conversation has just helped you learn a little bit more about teens in the world today, how they're using social media and um, the hopes we have for them going forward. And so um, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the Clear Creek Resources podcast wherever you listen. Uh, so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. We'll put the links to uh, any resources we have for uh, today's content in the description of this podcast episode at clearcreekresources.org. And while you're there, you can also check out some other content like articles, videos, stories, and sermons. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.